You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. The Covenant Nation centers now open at Yaba, Igomu, Leki, Maryland, Festak, Shongotedo, Ikorodu, Isolo, Igondo, and Ikeja. The Palms Center, Genesis Cinema Palms Shopping Mall, Leki Ekpe Expressway, Heritage Cinemas, Heritage Mall, Abulegba, Lagos. Do you live around any of these centers or you plan to invite someone? Come and enjoy an uncommon time of the word and worship in God's presence. God bless you. So understand God is not your problem, all right? So you pray that. Now, the third principle is, he said, I waited patiently on the Lord and inclined unto me. So principle number three here, so the first is be specific. The second is spread the blessings round. Okay? Pray it for every single person right there. There was a young boy who was crippled. And he was confessing. He said, first thing in the morning, last thing at night. I kept saying I'm strong, upright, erect. After some time, the boy stood up. And they asked him what was the secret. He said, I found out everybody that needed that type of healing. And I was confessing the same for them. Okay? And that's why one of the things we do in praying for families, you'll be amazed that people hardly pray for their siblings. You'll be shocked. People don't pray. Even their parents, they don't pray. Some people feel that they've lived their life. Are you from saying? All right. So humanity can get very selfish and very self-centered. All right. So the third thing is, I waited patiently. Now, patience does not mean length of time. That's the thought I want you to understand. It doesn't mean I waited for a very long time. God, can you see I tried? This Aluta will be here. Patient means I waited consistently on you. In other words, for a period of time, I was consistent about this thing. I did not get distracted. Same thing we learned in Luke 18 which says that by her continual coming, if that widow came today and then left the unjust judge and came two weeks after, the unjust judge wouldn't have said that. But she was coming day and night. In other words, on that subject matter, you are doing what they call the press, all right, which is, all right, in football, basketball, game here, which means that People come out of their defense area to try to attack. You, you, you press them in their territory, which means they are finding it difficult to even get out of that place. So what you do is called the press, which means that you are consistent. The pressure is on on it. Continuously, you are directing your thoughts towards the fulfillment of it. You are praying about that thing. We'll see this. You are praising God for its fulfillment. The press is on. All right, it's like it's like a hen that is waiting. All right, on her on her on her eggs there. They, they, it's a it's a period there. I mean, we had a hen that I even discovered real time and back then when we were living back then. We won't see the hen in the morning. I'm sorry, where is this hen? I think we had a even name for the hen. I was saying, what children? Where is this hen? 
And then we'll see the hen in the afternoon, and then we'll see the hen again, and we'll see the hen. What's going on? So one morning, me and my brother were looking, look until we pulled up something, because the hens will lay their eggs somewhere that they feel is children and in some secret place. And suddenly we saw eggs, and so what happened was, the hen intuitively knows that when you lay eggs there, the eggs mustn't go lower than the temperature, or that's the end. So she has to sit on it periodically to make sure that that temperature is maintained. You have to maintain a temperature on that vision. You get what I'm saying there? That's what Jesus called, keep your lights burning. Keep the fire burning. The temperature, because if it gets cold, if it drops beyond the particular point, if you're no longer concerned really about it, all right, then, then the thing goes. So you have to. So what does that mean during that period where you're waiting patiently? People that see you in certain social places say, where is this person? The same way we're looking for the hen. They are looking for you, that this person is disappearing. Behavioral change in order to maintain pressure on that vision. The same thing that happened with Moses. It's a Bible there. He lifted up the rod. Joshua was winning. He dropped the rod. Joshua lost. He lifted the rod. Joshua was winning. He dropped the rod. Joshua lost. The ground that was covered was lost when Moses put his hand down. In other words, you put your hand, you put pressure, you are making progress, all right? You give it up for one week, you lose all of that ground. You will remain that way forever until during a period of time, the pressure is on and your rod is up there and you are, you are keeping there. Even when you think you are tired, you get help. The rod must be off so that you can win. So some people have pushed in the realm of the spirit close to the fulfillment. They got distracted. They lose all of that ground. They start all over again. So you have to have that focus there, which means you are doing that. You know, not like today, you are doing this tomorrow, you are doing it, all right? You, you know what's happening over here. You know what's happening over there. You are everywhere. What's with that focus there? All right? So he wants that over a period of time. And during that time, one of the practices you must cultivate is praising him for the fulfillment of that thing, all right? Practicing believing that you have received it. Isaiah 52 and verse 8. Isaiah 52 and verse 8. Now, let's read the Bible for what the Bible says. It said, thy watchmen shall lift up thy voice. Now, when we hear watchmen lifting up voice, immediately we say it's prayer because everybody says watchman is an intercessor. But there's more to it than that. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, they didn't say intercessor there. It says, thy watchmen shall lift up the voice. With the voice together shall they sing. For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord. Eye to eye means the physical manifestation. When the Lord shall bring again Zion. They were singing. Now Isaiah 62 verse 6 and 7. These same watchmen. So they are saying, what are they? I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace. You know, people that were praising Jesus, they said, the disciples said, shut up. He said, if they hold their peace, some will cry out. So he's talking about praise here. Hold their peace day and night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. Verse 7, give him no rest. Verse 7, until he establish, till he makes Jerusalem a praise. Which means praise him about it. Thank him in the morning. Praise him in the afternoon. Praise him for the fulfillment until there is manifestation. So put that praise pressure on him. All right? That's how this is, says, this is how the manifestation comes. Then finally, the fourth principle here. All right? And this, everything accumulates in this. 
is understanding that you have got to speak to things. Now, we don't do this. Even we that teach it, it slips out of our consciousness at times. So you have to bring it back. All right? We don't speak to things. And it just might be the missing element when people are believing God for things. That you talk to things. Now, now you say, well, talking to things is new. No, 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 you do. It's just you don't know you're talking to things. Because you talk to your fridge. If you don't like visit this useless fridge, you talk to it. So I don't know why I bought this useless fridge. You are talking to the fridge. You are telling the fridge it's useless. All right? You talk to the car. The model of, listen, this car. Don't buy this car. This model, this model of this car, terrible. You are talking to the car. All right? You talk to children. You talk to wife. All right? Now, so what's the principle Therefore, Jesus did not say, and we've talked about this, We've talked about confessing who God is to you. He loves you. Confessing what Jesus did for you on the cross. Confessing what the Holy Spirit presently is doing, all right, in your life. But then there is the giving of life to things in answer to prayer. This is so vital, all right, which means you speak to things. Uh, Jesus, all right, spoke to things. I mean, I was listening to Reverend Mark Hankins talk on Brother Copeland's program. And he went back and, and you know, he was saying, I said, that, ah, this thing, that's it again. Sometimes you let it sleep. And he said, when his wife had a brain tumor, he was saying this. He said, faith, they were talking about that scripture, if faith shall say to this mountain. He said, faith doesn't guarantee that the mountain will not come. It guarantees that the mountain will go and not come back. He said, when my wife had a brain tumor, he said, I spoke to that tumor. And I commanded it to depart. He said, we kept talking to the tumor. We kept talking. Now, people can be praying for healing, but not talk to things. I want to show you. And Jesus, when he came on the earth, Jesus showed us that you can talk to things. Jesus got results by talking to things. They said, what manner of man is this? Even the wind hears his voice. When the storm was blowing, he got up and said to the storm, peace, be still. He spoke to things. So we must learn to pray for things and then know what and where on who to talk that you declare to things. So we see, all right, First of all, in Mark chapter 5 and verse 41, Jesus talking, all right, praying and then talking. Now, if you start reading from verse 39, verse 39, it says that Jesus wants to see this. And when he was coming, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleeping. Verse 40, and they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and they that were with him, and entereth into where the damsel was lying. And then he took the damsel by hand, that there's somebody who is dead, and said to her, Talitha kumi, which is by interpretation, damsel, I say unto you, arise. He said it to her, and she arose. Now, I want us to see the principle here. It doesn't talk about prayer, but follow me and you'll see something. John chapter 11 and verse 43. 
John 11, verse 43. I want to say something here. Sorry, let's start from verse 41. It says here, now Jesus took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that thou mayest believe, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. In other words, Jesus was saying he had prayed for Lazarus to get up. And God had heard his prayer, but Lazarus was still there, even though his prayer, this is what I want us to understand, was already answered. All right, but Lazarus was there. He said, you've heard me. The prayer is answered. God had answered the prayer, but then verse 43, it says, and when he had thought spoken, he cried with a loud voice. In other words, this prayer has been answered, but then he had to, he had to speak that answer. He said, Lazarus, come forth. So what we are saying is somebody says, well, I have prayed to God for clients this year, and my prayer is a thousand clients. I'm going to have, I'm going to move from, all right, five clients to 50 clients, and the level of business I'm going to do is this level. Now, what it means is, after you have prayed in the morning, I'm going to show this, and you have worshipped God, then you open up your window, and you don't know where the clients are, and say, you 50 clients that I am, you understand what I'm saying? I say unto you, come forth. I'll show you. And you get up every morning and you say, I say unto you, come forth. I say unto you, come forth. Because you may be talking to the clients, and when they ask you how is business, our clients are not spending. You are saying it. All right? So let's see this. And we start getting closer here. Acts chapter 9 and verse 39, all right? Or Acts 9, 39, or from, all right. It said, 38, that's fine. And for as much as Lydda was, or Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there, and they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Verse 39. And Peter arose and went with them, all right? Now, he followed Jesus' pattern. And when they brought him to the upper chamber, and the widow stood by him weeping, showing all the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them, verse 40, Peter put them all forth, and he knelt down and prayed first. Prayer means he was asking for life for Dorcas, and then turning him to the body. In other words, he prayed, nothing happened to the body, but he had prayed. Then he turned to the body, which means what he had received in answer to prayer, he had to pass it into the body. He now said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Now, we pray about things. So, for example, someone says, well, I have a relative in the hospital, and I'm praying for the relative to get healed. But you pray and pray in your room, but you never go to the relative and pass the answer of your prayer into the body of that relative. You never do it. You are praying and hoping that something will happen. Now, so what I want to teach is, all right, that is, you can't pass, you pray, you receive the answer, and every day you speak or you do something that passes the answer into the atmosphere there, and it may not work instantly, but it is working. And what happens is, if it is done repeatedly, something is going to break. 
All right? Now, where did Jesus himself, all right, extract this principle from? 2 Kings 4 and verse 33. And then we'll see something else about this. Now, this was Elisha. All right? It says, and he went in there for a boy had just died. The widow, all right, son. And shut, or a woman's son. And shut the door upon the two of them. And then he prayed unto the Lord. Now, see what he did after prayer. Verse 34. So God answered the prayer. And he went up and laid upon the child. Now, what is he doing? There is something in scripture, and once I say it, you will understand it called the law of contact and transmission. In other words, you make contact, all right, with something that transmits the power to you. That's how Jesus did it. So, the woman with the issue of blood said, if I will just touch the hem of his garment, something is going to be transmitted into me. All right? Uh, 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 Jairus said, if you will just come and lay your hands on my daughter, which means that's the point of contact, which is the laying on of hands, what is inside you will be transmitted. All right? So the Roman centurion was the one who had the highest knowledge of it. So he went to Jesus and said, tell him to come and lay hands, all right, on my servant. And what happened was, Jesus was on the way there, and the Roman centurion said, I want to change the point of contact. Jesus, I see you don't need to come to my house and touch in order to transmit that power from a man on authority. And I know if I speak, I transmit something with my words. So where you are, speak the word only and my servant shall be made whole. And Jesus said in the whole of Israel, I've never seen anybody that understood the transference of this power by the spoken word of God. He said, as you have believed, so will it be unto you. He transferred it that way. So what Elijah was doing here was the law of contact and transmission. I'm saying, when you pray, God transmits the answer into you. You must make contact with the situation. If there's no contact, the answer remains in you. If you ask him, God, I'm praying about this mountain, he says, all right, I've deposited something inside you. Then if you don't send to the mountain, the mountain stays there. So here we see it here. Look at what it says here. All right. He went up and laid upon the child. Now, it always works, but it doesn't work fully immediately. In other words, every time you say it, something is released, but it may not be enough to change it, depending on your capacity. So anytime you go and say, lay your hands on the sick, they will recover. Anytime you lay hands, there's some recovery. Do you understand what I'm saying? That they don't fully recover immediately doesn't mean that something is not working. All right? Yeah, you put your hand there and say, Jesus, be healed. You put your hand again and say, be healed. I, Kenneth Copeland said, when, when Jezebel was in coma, he would go and sit beside him after praying and he would be reading out scriptures to him and speaking to him. That what he was doing was he was passing life to him. So, look at what happened here. So, he went on the child, put his mouth upon the mouth, eyes upon the eyes, hands upon the hands, stretched himself on the child, and the child, the flesh or the body of the child, waxed warm, but the child didn't get up, but something entered that child. Next verse, and then he returned, which means he left. He went to receive more life, and he was walking to and fro. He was praying, and then went up the second time and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened the eyes. In other words, he said, this thing has entered my body, is for my body. 
That's why when, when Elisha's bones were there, Elijah, they threw a dead man there. The man rose up. What, what happened? It's contact and transmission, which means what was inside the bones entered the man. It's a law. That's why when they took handkerchiefs, it's contact and transmission. They prayed over the handkerchiefs. They carried it. The handkerchiefs became a medium of transference. That means the power was inside the handkerchief. They dropped it on the person and the person got healed. So, you pray about something, all right? Now, you got to speak. You got to speak. You got to now open your mouth, all right? And begin to talk. And this is the part we don't do. We pray about it and say, God, I'm waiting for you to do it. I'm waiting for you to do it. I'm waiting for you to do it. Well, you say, well, I want to sell properties. I'll build properties. I need to sell them. Hey, somebody I've told you that has enough money to buy them. They just don't know. So you open up the door, get into the property, and walk around it and say, in the name of Jesus, I've prayed this particular thing through. I've received the life on the inside. Wherever you are in this city or outside the city of Lagos in the world, hear ye my voice. Come forth here. You start calling it. Every time you say it, an angel moves closer. I hope you know Elijah told them, said, how many times do you fire? He said three times. He said, you should have done it seven times. Three will get you thus far, but won't get you the breakthrough. All right? Oh, so I just said it once. You go, no, 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 you say it again. You say it again. And you say it again. And you say it again. Because every time you are saying it, you are releasing something. So let's close with Ezekiel chapter 37. So what do I say? Well, you're praying for your marriage. If you're praying for the marriage and say, now men are praying for their marriages, but what they say to the spouse, when they see the spouse, is completely different. They are praying, this marriage, restore God. And when they see the person, they say to the person, now this is hard. Particularly if your marriage in crisis, but if you practice this, it will work, I guarantee you. This is where the demon is you get rid of. Now you're praying for that for the marriage. Listen, hold it. There is nothing like praying for the marriage. You only pray for people. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't pray. Say, what do we man pray for the marriage? You pray for people. I say, well, I can't pray for that man. I can't pray for that woman. Now you pray and receive life for that person. When I get home, don't pray and then go to the person and say, this. You know, you, you see, I want to just tell you how you are. Now, can you imagine Jesus going to the damsel and say, damsel, I just want to tell you. All right? So you look at the person and what you are praying for that person to become, start saying it to that person. Now, this guy drinks, jumps up and down, runs around town. When he comes, say, you're a very wonderful man, the exact person I always dreamt I would marry. Now, what are you doing? You are speaking that life you have prayed. Because what you asked for was this. So, Sase, not, not that if I, if I had another choice, if, if I could wind back the clock, it wouldn't be you. All right? Say that. Now, that's hard, but say it. Say it. All right? I'm telling you this. You just, just, I didn't know it was a devil like mine. But you're praying. You're saying a prayer. So, you say nice things to the person. You are such a wonderful person. Now, what you are doing is speaking life. Now, if the person reacts badly, they know the devil is reacting. Because if you've been calling somebody stupid, stupid, and suddenly you say that, you know, you are the one, a very wonderful man. You are exactly what I was looking for. That's it. Are you okay? Now, just know that 
Whatever spirit is there is starting to manifest. Now, that doesn't mean you say in the name of Jesus, you found demons. <laughs> but start saying it. Now, don't say this today, which is good, then tomorrow remember what manner of man he is. And then withdraw the life that you had already put in. Do you get what I'm saying? All right? Be consistent about it. Because your nobody's situation or, or business can be worse than Ezekiel 37, verse 1. He said, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me about in the spirit of the Lord, and said to me, In the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and the bones were very dry. Next verse. All right? And caused me to pass by them, and behold, they were very many, and they were very dry. Somewhere else is that all hope was gone. And then the Lord said, Can these bones live? And he said, Only thou knowest, which is what we say. And God said, all right, let me show you how I do it. He said, again, prophesy upon these bones and say, Oh, ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. So you are to speak the word of the Lord to those things. And as you speak forth God's word there, verse 5, he says, and the Lord said, and I thus said the Lord, behold, I will cause breath. And verse 6 here, it tells us, I will lay sin in you and shall live and shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. The Bible says, so I prophesied as commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. So the movement starts when you begin to speak. So the final fourth principle is, start talking to things. You've got to change our orientation and start talking to things. Because everything on this earth came from sound. Everything. Everything came from sound. A voice created everything. And you can change the nature of things by giving voice to the right story. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Uh, by the power of your spirit, we ask that this word takes deep root on the inside of us, expands and grows within our consciousness, transforms our lives, and makes us more effective in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.